Welcome to the Appalachian Baptist Network. We seek to equip, encourage, and engage pastors and church leaders in the Appalachian region. We focus on having conversations on church revitalization in the mountains and beyond. Your hosts are Matthew Jacobs, Brent Snyder, Jacob Gwynn, and Travis Tyler. Jesus said in Luke 19, 42, Would that you, even you, had known on this day that these things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. And of course, Jesus is calling us, uh, calling Jerusalem to repent and turn to him. And he is weeping for Jerusalem. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Joining me here for the Appalachian Baptist Network is Chad Cole. Chad, thanks for being with me today, brother. You're welcome. Thanks for the invite. And uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about Jerusalem, specifically the Holy Land. So uh, let's kind of jump into it here. You work for uh, Wilcox World Traveling Tours. I think we were just talking. You've been furloughed right now with the COVID-19, but I think some of the things are loosening up, right? Restrictions are beginning to loosen up. Restrictions are are loosening up, and Israel's actually back open now for uh, tourism. Israel is open for tourism. All right, let, let's tell me about uh, Wilcox and f- before we start here and what all they do there. I know they do uh, trips to the Holy Land, but also you help organize mission trips, travel for, for churches to get to different locations, right? Yeah, so Wilcox Travel does uh, a lot of different things. So their major focus is Holy Land, and that also includes uh, uh, Journeys of Paul. Not just Holy Land, but they, they like to do Journeys of Paul as well. I'd love that's, to do that. That's an awesome one. Um, and then they do, uh, uh, they're really focused on working with nonprofits and churches on doing mission trips, helping them coordinate mission trips. The airfare, we have access to some reduced rates that um, not many uh, travel agencies have access to. Uh, so we can help with the reduced rate, uh, get you more luggage, uh, less money. And I like that. So it's been an awesome, uh, an awesome ride for Wilcox. They just signed that contract with American Air last year. Uh, the first organization to use that was Samaritan's Purse, and it saved them tens of thousands of dollars. Mm. And we're able to offer that now to the churches and other nonprofits as well. Praise God. And another thing, I know I ran into this when I've organized their national mission trips. You're also able to. If somebody gets sick last minute or has an emergency, kind of move tickets around and get different people's names on airline tickets and stuff too, right? With American, we definitely can do that. Yeah, uh, Delta and United are not as friendly okay. as American are, but yes, they're especially with the uh, humanitarian rate <clears throat> that American Air offers. We do name changes for free, uh, day changes for free, um, the three free check bags, mm. and it's a. It's an economy ticket at a basic price yeah. most of the time. So, yeah, we can make changes last minute on those. And for those of you listening, that may not sound like a big deal, but I'm telling you, those things he just mentioned are huge deals it's, at the last minute. It's a lot of money that you're dropping, mm. especially the three free check bags. Oh, if yeah. You think about what you're paying for a bag. Well, and a lot of times, like when I, I've done mission trips to uh, Romania and to Haiti, and you're you're going to take more down than you bring back usually. Yeah, I, I end up leaving. And so that extra check bag could mean extra toys for a child. It could mean extra food and supplies for a particular uh, village or area. So that's critical. Yeah, and especially with the medical missions that we're helping with, that's that's one extra medical bag that they're able to take. And when we do groups of 15, 20, and each, that's 15 or 20 extra bags of medical supplies are taken. So that's, that's a big deal for these uh, third world countries we're working with. Another thing that's important to note here, and, and I'm going to steer it back towards the Holy Land here, 
Uh, Wilcox is not somebody who just popped up overnight. They've been doing this a long time, right? How many years? Uh, working on almost the 70th year, I think 68, 69 mm-hmm. years. So we're looking at 70 years uh, in the business. Of, uh, and they they have focused on Holy Land from day one. It's been their bread and butter. So they have focused on Daily Land from they are known over there. And how, let me ask you this. Some of the things I guess people are going to be afraid about when we think about a Holy Land tour is how safe is it? Israel is probably one of the, the safest places uh, to be, and it's one of the safest places to get to. Uh, they have their own security at the airports. So when you go in, it's not just your normal go into gate A and you're going to get on your plane. You go to gate A and then you go through an even more thorough security setting and you're scanned and swapped and swabbed and everything else before you get on the plane. Is that right? Swabbed too, you know, huh? You can get the works. Wow. So it's it's one of those that just be ready. Okay. To uh yeah, it's not a COVID swab. It's a, <laughs> it might be now. It might be, it might be now. They swab your fingers and stuff. Uh, They're looking for like a residues. Okay. I got you. So yeah, I got you. Yeah, it's a for a little a little country. It's got the most protection of any other country in the world. Well, that's understandable when you look at their history. Yeah. I'm talking about, of course, modern Israel. You know, I mean, they they had the uh, Seven Day War, and they were basically their enemies surrounded them. So we're going to push you into the sea. So they have had to be tough, and a lot of their military strength has been backed by U.S. dollars. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think they're probably our strongest ally in the Middle East, aren't they? I believe they are. In the United States. Uh, We need to stay friends. Absolutely. (laughs) Talking about the Seven Day War, Mr. Wilcox, Glenn Wilcox, that started Wilcox Travel, um, he was there just a few days after the Seven Day War. Wow. And uh, and has been going back. He just got back in November, and it was, I think, his 155th trip. Wow, hundred and fifty-five times. And, I mean, he—he's a to them as a celebrity. He—he he goes in. He is just like he's known. He huh? is known. Everybody knows who. So nobody is. messes with his groups and all that. Everybody knows better. That's and Wilcox sign on that bus. And life is good. That's good. I like that. How many times have you been, brother? Over I've, I've been twice. Tell um, us about that. All right. So twenty eighteen, May of twenty eighteen, was my first opportunity to go, um, and that was the most life changing event. Um, that I've ever experienced, uh, you know, my salvation, my marriage, my kids, you know, those are my top ones, mm-hmm. um, my call to preach, but then you have this this trip, the very first trip, um, and I, I put it like this, when I stepped out of the airport, our driver showed up, and all he said was, welcome home. Wow. And I got chills, and it was really good from there. Mm-hmm. And so every time I think of Israel, that's what I think of, is welcome home. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the first trip, we, we went in three days before the rest of the group got there. Got to see a few little things. Went to Jacob's Well. The actual Jacob's Well still is active. Drunk water out of that. And then some, some tours there. How did it taste? Was it okay? Yeah, I couldn't. I could, <laughs> um, the water was great. I was really concerned about the pail I was drinking out of. <laughs> I got How many lips have been on it? <laughs> uh, they're probably not doing that now. Yeah, I'd say not. <laughs> um so the first trip was just mind-blowing. It's like trying to drink water through a fire hose. Mm. There's so much to get in in just a few short days. And uh, taking notes, reading your Bible, you're trying to study at night to get ready for what's the, what's coming next. You have an itinerary, and you're like, I know I'm going to this location. What's the Bible say about this location? What's the significance here? So you're reading, you study, and you're getting like three or four hours of sleep. But that's just me. Not everybody does that. A lot of people will get back to the hotel right five or six, and they crash. Mm-hmm. And so we'll pick it up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I took over a thousand pictures my first trip. Uh, now, were you in a group when you went? 
So the first group was uh, ridiculously huge. Okay. There were 75 of us. So How did that work? Was it that... did not work. Okay, it didn't uh, work. We went with Clayton King Ministries, and uh, Clayton was bouncing between the two buses. Each day he would spend the day on each on, on the bus, and the next day he'd go to the next bus. So he's trying to do devotions. He did an awesome job. It, it, was, a, it was a great trip. He did an awesome Bible studies at each location. But the crowd was just so big. It's so hard to maneuver 75 people into these locations. The second trip we went on, there was uh, we went with Tyler Gauden, uh Ministry, and there was 25 of us on that one. And yeah. it was almost perfect. It was a small group. You could get around yeah. uh, I don't know if you know... Uh... There's a brother that serves here, Dr. Winters. He serves over in uh, maybe Johnson County. But, but anyway, he told me that when you go with those real big groups, like 75, you can only move as fast as the slowest member of that group. Right. And uh, so he so, didn't recommend big groups. No, our, our group of 75 had a lady with a knee replacement. Okay. So we went at knee replacement speed. Nice. Or not nice. Not right. nice. So you want to go with a group about 20? 20, 20 to 25, something like that, yeah. Something like that. that would be... I think would be ideal that way. You, you everybody's on one bus, and you got plenty of room on that bus. Yeah. Bus seats about fifty-two, I think. Mm-hmm. So you know that way you can have a whole aisle to yourself. I mean, well, it's seats two to an aisle, but still you have room for your stuff and just spread yeah. out. And of course, you're you're seeing all these different places that are in the Bible. Of course, for those that are listening that maybe have not considered this, when you go to Jerusalem, this prob- you're probably not walking on the same streets that Jesus did because those are buried right most of those are buried the only few places that you actually stand where jesus stood would be the steps of the temple okay. where he taught um, and that's one, that's a very emotional spot to, to be in uh then uh the garden gets in that's the actual ground where he was at and i'm sure that it's kind of settled a little bit but one i guess the coolest thing is there is a tree in the garden of Gethsemane that's older than uh, so it was there whenever jesus was in the garden incredible so that's that's the one that everybody goes to. Everybody is drawn to that. You can't touch it. They got a fence around it. Yeah, but they have dated it. And it's, what kind of tree was it? It's an olive tree. An olive tree. It's an olive tree. So I didn't garden. know they could live that long. Yep, two, wow. over two thousand years old. And then, did you? I assume you got to see a lot of Old Testament spots as well. Yes, you mentioned yeah, Jacob's well. With Jacob's well, um, oh man, I should have made a list. Yes, there was actually a lot more Old Testament stuff that we did than New Testament. Uh, the New Testament pretty much focuses on Jesus. Right. Uh, there's not a lot. I mean, your journeys of Paul, things like that, you do in other countries. Uh, but we look at um, the Dead Sea. Right. You know, that's one that's a New Testament thing. Um, there's a, a several Old Testament, and I, and I honestly right now cannot think of any of them. Do they know where King David or any of those guys are? There are. There's a monument to him uh, that you can go see, but they're not really... They're not really sure. Supposedly, curious. he's buried under that, but mm-hmm. nobody can confirm that. Yeah, David Solomon. That's going back a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. So, and then you stayed there roughly how long each trip? Ten days or so. Ten days. Yeah, and that's counting travel. So, um, I guess technically you're about eight days in Jerusalem. If you do a ten day trip, there you can do ten, twelve, fourteen. You can make it as long as you want it, um, and still not see everything. That's the thing about it. Would you say it's kind of average for most trips, though? Average trip is about 10 days, yeah. Okay. Uh, are there some places that you would highly recommend people see? I assume the tree you talked about. Absolutely. The Garden of Gethsemane uh, tour in Jerusalem, absolute old city Jerusalem, mm. you have to. I mean, and you, you can actually go under 
and see the wall, the original wall, the Wailing Wall. Right, uh, you definitely right. want to, you definitely want to check that out. Um, Megito, you want to go do it because you want to see that valley to go up on top of this mountain because it's it, it's to, to look over where Armageddon is going to take place and you, and you go back and you read Revelation and you read Daniel and you're, you're, you're in your mind now you're starting to see this is where it's going to take place. You know, you're starting to see this is where I can't imagine the blood being that deep in that valley. Wow. You know, so there's, there's little things like that that uh, you definitely want to see. Um, Garden of Gethsemane, Old, old Jerusalem, um, trying to think of a couple others that were, were moving. I guess they really don't know where the crucifixion took place. Right. Um, so there is a spot there that's almost... Despite what some History Channel shows say? Exactly. No matter what you see on the History Channel or on the internet, <laughs> um, there is a spot that they are almost certain is uh, the skull. You can look at it and you can see... Uh, you see two eyes, you can see a nose and kind of a mouth, and they've got a little stage set up so you can look at it. Um, is that underground? It's actually it? above ground. It is, so, okay. And you know this, when they done when they done uh, punishments, crucifixions, stuff mm-hmm. like that, they never did it away from people. They always did it on the side of the road. Right. They wanted people to see it. So, you know, I know what we sing. I know, you know, Hill called Calvary. I know, I know what we sing, but they're pretty certain that all this took place more on a road, maybe a little knoll, not a big hill like we think here um but anyway so there's a spot there that they're pretty sure where it took place uh and that's you know there's a spot that you can go to where supposedly the the where the cross was put in a hole they've got that covered over you can actually go touch it but but they also have what they call the grave right it's right beside of that and we know that they wasn't that close together Uh so we don't take that as being the actual spot. Yeah, I was actually just watching a show. I think it was on Netflix, actually, about the tomb of Jesus and the resting place. And they had built kind of this shrine, like, around it. Yeah. And uh, did you go see that, though? We did. I yeah. know it may or may not be. Yeah, actual, that's, that's actually more Catholic. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, maybe Eastern Orthodox as well, right? They're, Eastern, that's what I should have said, Eastern Orthodox, yeah. because when you go in, they're doing these little ceremonies and they're flinging their little cans yeah. of... The smoking can. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's all going on the whole time you're there. It's it's a show, mm-hmm. um, and it draws a lot of people in. And when you, the first thing you see when you walk in that, that church is a um, is a slab, like a marble slab, mm-hmm. and that's supposedly the slab. Um, yeah, th- there's uh, there's some tourism things <coughs> taking place oh, that yeah, draws sure. some people in. So, one of the things about uh, the trip, uh, it's good to have sound doctrine when you go in. Oh yeah. And, and I'm not saying you need to be a scholar, but it's good to have a good, good basis when you go in and, and, and a good guide. Now, with these guides, we can do it one of two ways. Uh, the pastor, or whoever leads the trip, can be the guide. But uh, Wilcox partners with Net Tours, and they have world-renowned guides that wow. we use. Um, they're all Christians, so that is, is number one right there. They believe what we believe. Um, they're educated. They get what we would call a bachelor's degree. They have to go in and get a, a degree in, in tourism and um, Israel history hmm. before they can even become tour guides. Yeah, so it's a big deal. It's, yeah. a, it's a huge deal. So we and, I'm, and I'll be and I'll toot Wilcox's horn right now. We have best of the best when it comes That's good. down to it. And these guys. If you want to throw in your two cents about something, 
village 30 and if you want them to be quiet the entire trip they'll be quiet the entire trip mm-hmm. so they call them silent gods and all they do is get you into places and they'll, they'll you know pull you to the sides you might want to say this here but so they're a fountain of knowledge so we, we try to mix it up and let the guide the Wilcox guide and the tour guide or host is what we would call you guys to be a host uh, let them kind of mix it up yeah I like that uh, now, you're not just a travel agent here for or missions and, and group travel sales. You're a pastor, too. I sure am. Tell me how a trip to the Holy Land has affected your preaching. Oh, man. I tell you what, it makes it more real. Um, when I went in 2018, I went in May of 2018, so I went after Easter. So May of 2019 was the first Easter that I actually got to preach after coming back from, from Israel. And um, it put a lot more emotion into the preaching mm-hmm. um, it makes things so much more real when you you start looking at um, uh, the garden against him where, where he knelt and when he prayed um, and and that's what we did when we when we set aside that whole morning like we were able to have like two hours in the garden where most people only get a few minutes we were blocked off and we went in and every one of us it was it was just the silence the peace and the tears we walked through this gate and you just get this feeling over you, and you start you start crying. Mm-hmm. That verse you read, that's what I was thinking. You know, Jesus wept, and I'm thinking he was up on a hill looking at Jerusalem, but now here I am in the garden where I know he prayed for me in this garden. And so I get in, we're all crying, we're weeping, and we're praying, and, and then you just happen to look up, and straight in front of you is old Jerusalem, that's and you right. see this wall, and you can see the road where the, the soldiers came down out of Jerusalem to get Jesus. Mm. And in your mind as you're preaching, especially at Easter, as you're preaching and you're starting to talk about the, the soldiers coming to get him and it's at night and all you can see is these torches coming off the hill and the serpentine line coming off and then you reflect back to Genesis and you mm. think about the serpent. And then, uh, and then uh, you go and you stand on uh, the steps where he taught. I mean, you actually stand and you sit on the, and then you sit and, and either you can teach, you know, as a, as a host or anybody can go and you can teach. And um, you're thinking, this is where my Jesus was. Mm-hmm. This is where my Jesus was teaching. This is where my Jesus was was getting the gospel out for just a few short years. This is where he was. And here I am. And then you go in and you get to see these the springs, like the, the spring of Gideon, and, and think about that story and you, get in that water and you mm-hmm. so and you especially uh, when we were studying the book of revelation and you're up on top of this 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 mountain megiddo and you're looking over the valley and it's so real so yeah, to go all the way back to your question it makes preaching come to life mm-hmm. and it and, and your congregation my congregation tells me this as well it you get your emotion you're a whole lot more emotional with it and you you emphasize so much more because what's in your mind and your heart you're pushing back out and it just makes everything so much more real you know i i've never been i desperately want to go i would imagine and you correctly me if i'm wrong this analogy is not good i would imagine it's like when you meet somebody but you've never been to their home and then you get to go to their home and see where they live you get to know them at a level you didn't know them before you were inside their home. I think you nailed it right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Uh, that's what I would. I would always. That's what I've always thought in my mind. Going to the Holy Land would be like is is knowing these 
these men and women in the Old and New Testament and being able to understand them at a level that you you can't really grasp until you've seen where they've been. And it, it's the parables that Jesus teaches, um, when you, you go back to those parables and, and you look at like the wine press, you actually see the wine press. And you're, you're in the garden where they're growing, in these vineyards, where they're growing the, the grapes. And um, it makes things a whole lot more real because it's it's they make it, it's identical to what was in Jesus' time. Mm-hmm. Yes. So anyway, it puts a, a whole new spin, a whole new light on what we preach. And you know, you can't prepare to go over there because you don't know what you're going to see. I was going to ask you, is there something that you can do? There was a, one of our members went over there and asked me, what should I do before I go? And I sort of didn't really know what to say. I mean, in some ways, this is a trip you prepare for your whole life. And you do. Another, As a Christian, um, we're going to get there one way or the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? That's well, right. Um, I guess the way I look at it is that the, that the Lord just pray. Mm-hmm. The only way to really to prepare is just to pray that the Lord would open up, just absolutely clear your heart, clear your mind, so that you can absorb as much of this as possible in the short amount of time that you're there. Mm-hmm. And then pray that he'll open the door up so you can go back again sometime. Gotcha. Good. Uh, one last question here, and we're going to have to land the plane because we're running out of time. But um, as you look back now, you've gone twice. As you look back, what's some of your biggest takeaway at a spiritual level from having the opportunity, God bless you, with to be over there two times? Everyone should, everyone should see this. Uh, I believe any Christian should be able to, to go, but I believe in my heart every pastor needs to see this at least once. It, like we said, it affects your ministry in so many different ways. It affects the way you study, the way you present. Um, it, it affects the way that just reading the Bible, it comes to life when you're reading. Once you get back and you open up the Bible and you're reading the Scripture, you're like, I was there. I remember what this looked like. Um, so that's the biggest thing for me is I believe everyone should experience this at least once, um, especially the pastors, and not just the pastors. I will, I will say this. I believe the pastor and his spouse should go with him. Pastor and wife, this is a, this is a, a one, for most people, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I don't think they should experience it alone. Uh, this would be one of those trips that if your spouse can't go with you, at least take one of your kids with you um, so that you can experience it together. Uh, back when I worked at Samaritan's First, I went to 28 different countries, and I tell people the worst part about going to 28 different countries is that I went by myself. Hmm. I can't talk about the things that I've seen. I can't go back to my wife and say, hey, you remember when we seen this? She didn't experience any of that. The same with this trip. These two trips that I went on, I went by myself. Um, I, I didn't know anybody on the trip, and, but after the first day, we knew each other. Um, but still, being able to experience it with someone that, that you're around daily, I strongly encourage that. Good good counsel, good wisdom. Well, Chad, thank you so much for, for being on here. Is there anything I left out today, anything that uh, would be helpful other than I think we covered a lot I think here. we got it. I just, just pray, and, and if you got any questions, I think you're going to be able to post some information. I'm, yeah, I'm going to put your information in the show notes there if you'd like more information with your email and contact info. And I think I've got a website here for uh, WilcoxTravel.com. And I can come out. That's the thing that I, I do as part of my job at Wilcox is I can actually come to your church and present or to a group and present this back to you guys. And I, if you need any information, brochures and stuff, I can definitely send it to you. That sounds like a winner. Thanks so much for your time, brother. I know you're a man of many hats. You've got another job still after pastoring. I, I don't know when you sleep. When do you sleep? Ever? Order, uh, 
I've heard when I die. When you die. I don't know. <laughs> He's constantly on the move. But All right, brother. Well, thanks again. Thank you. You have been listening to the Appalachian Baptist Network. Thanks for joining us. If you have a question or comment for our host, please send an email to Network at gmail.com or send us a voice message on our Anchor website page at anchor.fm slash Appalachian dash Baptist dash network. Join us again next Monday.